What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my skull. But mostly role-playing games. I promise. So last week, Andy of the amazing Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks podcast put out an interview with a fellow that I had never heard of before named Judd Carrollman. Or sorry, Judd Carlman of the Daydreamings About Dragons podcast. That's what he does currently. But apparently, back in the day, back in the early 2000s, he hosted uh, what could be one of the first podcasts where people just talked about gaming. Just a couple folks talking about gaming. And that was called Sons of Cryos, which I have not checked out yet. But... I found the interview, I found Annie's interview very interesting, and so I started listening to some daydreamings about dragons, and uh, yeah, I, I thought Judd had a bunch of cool stuff to say, so I started calling into his show as I was going through them, just cycling through them, they're all pretty short episodes, uh, and then, you know, a few minutes later, I went back and checked I just checked my email for something else, and lo and behold, I was starting to get a bunch of call-ins from Judd, uh, and that's just cool. He sort of touches on it in uh, his first message coming up here in a second, but it's just one of the cool, amazing things about Anchor, how it can just, you know, pe- just it could bring two people together to talk about some bullshit that never would have met before, so I think it's great. I got a few call-ins uh, from from Judd, so let's let's get right to him. Hey, Joe. Uh, it appears we are listening to each other's podcast. I'm sure as language evolves, there will be a word for that, where two people listening to each other's podcast and responding. But for now, I'll just have to actually say the words. We're listening to each other's podcast. Anyway, I'm listening to you talk about why, how uh, why you don't fudge die rolls. And I'm nodding and shake and giving thumbs up to the air and uh, letting you know through uh, my gestures that you can't see that I agree with you. I hear you. Uh, the way, yeah, fudging just vexes the heck out of me. Um, I, I, I think my earliest, uh, we're running out of time. I don't want to have to rush this. I'm going to send a second one uh, and talk about uh, my first sentence about fudging uh i'll say it in a second see you in the second minute yeah back in the day i i in the early days of sons of cryos i said uh if you are fudging die rolls then your system is failing you uh, and man you would have thought i said something really controversial because the responses were outlandish uh on both sides, um, I, 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 the just very passionate responses. I had people come up to me and shake my hand and hug me and say, thank you for saying that. I literally played it out loud for people at my table who, who think fudging is cool. And I had other people who were just like, what are you talking about? The, you, you're not a slave to the dice. Uh, and, and yeah, just nuts, nutty, really not fun. So yeah. Uh, let the dice fall where they may. I hear you. Love it. All right. Here we go. I'll listen to some more. Yeah, Judd, yeah. I think anyone who listens to this shows is pretty certain how I feel about fudging dice, man. So I'll just leave that there. But I can't imagine 
having people come up and hugging me for saying something about RPGs, man. I, I think that is so freaking cool. I can imagine coming someone coming up and yelling at me, but <laughs> anyway, man, what else do you got for us? Hey, Joe, uh, a couple things about uh, post-apocalyptic and, and is humanity's fate war and is that our natural inclination? Um, I would really want to look at the, the chimpanzees and did their war get started because of scarcity created by humanity? Um, so that would teach me a lot about how natural those wars were. It's scary enough that chimpanzees are close enough to us that war is something that can happen that's terrifying. But I wonder how, um, how guilty we are of starting that ruckus. Uh, and that leads me into part two uh, that I will start in a few seconds when I get to my next minute in which I will talk about anthropology a little bit. Yeah, dude, I am sure humans are at least partially responsible for the chimpanzees war. I'm sure we encroached on their territory, used up a bunch of their resources. And so there, you know, that was probably at least partially the core of the problem. But, you know, like I pointed out in the episode that you were calling in about, uh, we are as closely tied to the bonobos as we are to chimpanzees. So I find it interesting, though, not all that surprising, considering what you touch on in a later message, that, uh, you know, the the scientific anthropological literature has tied humanity so closely to chimpanzees and ignored our other cousins that we are just as related to. And bonobos rule. They don't fight. They fuck it out. They solve all their problems uh, <laughs> through doing it, man. They rule. Anyway, man. Yeah, let's get into some anthropology, though. So I love anthropology. I think it's fascinating. My wife got her bachelor's in, in anthro, and I, I would always ask, you know, talk to her about her classes and what she was learning and, and read her papers, and it was fascinating. And it has made, you know, definitely uh, helped her become a very fascinating person who looks at the world in a way that I value and, and treasure more than anything. Uh, but anthropology at its core, and I learned this from her, has real colonialist, colonialist shitty underpinnings. So when you read those old folks uh, and, and they talk about, you know, the nature of humanity uh, and the noble savages and all that stuff... Um, I think we need to take it with a huge grain of salt because those guys would go into a, a you know, a in indigenous land and cause a lot of problems and then write about the problems as if it was some savage's fault. Savages is, is in air quotes there. I hope you can hear it. So some more next. Yeah, man, those anthropologists back then, the ones who founded the field basically were assholes. They they just were. A lot of what they said, not only do we have to take it with a grain of salt, we don't even have to take it. Like it's just it's just wrong. Like Thomas Hobbes, one of the most famous of the anthropologists, and I mentioned him in that episode a little bit. But he talks about how there was no art, no letters, no society, and which is worst of all um, continual fear and danger. It, like, that's what he talked about, how prehistoric humans lived. And we know now, like, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that that is just 
patently false. There was art. There was society. There was culture. Uh, it's starting to look like it's bigger and broader than those small-minded pieces of shit who started anthropology had any imagination. They didn't have the imagination. They weren't smart enough to realize that humanity was bigger and better and has been around way longer than they ever thought possible. Yeah, not that not that I get fired up about talking about those dudes anyway. <laughs> but good on your wife, man. Good on your wife for getting her bachelor's in anthropology. I took a few anthro classes when I was in college and I absolutely love them. I read a bunch of books on the subject. Yeah, it's a fascinating, fascinating subject, man. So you got some more to say. You're talking about the question of is humanity's fate, is it a war? like fate is humanity's nature a warlike nature that's your question it's an interesting question though is i i, I don't think so i would like to think it's not um but i do think that we've got some bad patterns right we've got patterns of uh people putting themselves in situations where they believe they deserve to have more than the rest of us and they have a good record of convincing uh, you know, beleaguered, uneducated folks to fight wars for them. And, and the, you know, the folks who have, you know, it just is frustrating. There are frustrating patterns, um, I think, from, from, you know, a long time ago right up to right this second. And let me talk about my hopes next. And then in one more minute, I'll talk about post-apocalyptic stuff because I've got... I got thoughts. Yeah, man, totally. There are millennia of patterns of, you know, the rich, <laughs> the rich feeding on the poor, man. It's been going on for a long time, not forever uh, and not always, but for a long time. And it even seems more so because, as everyone knows, the winners get to write the histories. So our whole history is framed in this mindset of this is how the world is. This is how it has always been. Um, and that's, that's just the thing. We don't really have any clue how it's always been. Um, you know, we, we have pretty solid records back about 2000 years, uh, give or take a couple centuries, but after that things get really sketchy and there's a lot of supposition and speculation about how things were back then. And there are some solid ones and there are some not so solid ones, but there's just so much that we don't no, I mean, we can't even guess what things were like more than 12,000 years ago because the Younger Dryas event, uh, which you can look it up, it's, it's an, a fascinating piece of science that's been evolving and it's starting to flesh out what that was. It was this crazy mini ice age we had about 12,000 years ago. Um, at the end of it, sea levels raised by a couple hundred feet all around the world. So 
imagine, think about nowadays, most of the world's population centers are around the coastlines. Um, and so if that was the case 12,000 years ago, and then all of a sudden the seas come up a couple hundred feet, we would have no idea that there was anything like that going on because all that shit's underwater and nobody's looking there for signs of ancient civilizations. Uh, so yeah, that I know that sounds a little sketchy, a little pseudoscience-y, but it's actually not. It's, it's simple fact. It's geology. It's yeah. Like it's <laughs> sea levels have raised hundreds of feet. Yeah. Anyway, man, I, I hear you. And I'm hoping that one of these days we'll be able to break these stupid patterns that we're caught in right now that we're currently caught in, but man, I don't think it's forever and I don't think it's always. All right, let's talk about some art. I do think we're prone to say, you know, our natural state is war because so much art is focused on that. So much of our gaming is focused on that. Uh, so much about the way we think about the world is focused on that. And there's not a lot of art about collaboration right? Because that's not necessarily the, the, the story cycle that we've been trained to enjoy. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, good epic poems about compromise and meeting someone halfway and, uh, you know, finding ways to work together. So, you know, you could, you could point to poetry and art and be like, oh my goodness, we're, 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 we are, uh, we are creatures of war, or we could just point to that art and say, we are creatures a little obsessed with war, but more often than not, we find a workaround and that's nice. Yeah, dude. So I know zilch about art and the little bit I do know is pretty much all Western art. Uh, so yeah, man, <laughs> gaming for sure. There's a lot of, fight focused gaming absolutely absolutely dude but you, you bring up some awesome points man um i think it's ray otis on plundergrounds he's got an episode where he talks about art and the society that art comes up in and how that society forms the art and i'm doing it no justice so go check out that episodes of plundergrounds uh, if you don't already check out Plundergrounds, Ray is a super wise dude, man. Anyway, uh, okay, cool. So, you know, we got we got Anthro covered. We got Chimpanzees fighting covered. Uh, we got Bonobo fucking covered. What are we into next, man? Uh, with post-apocalyptic stuff, I think it's just a matter of what you want to get out of it. Um, I think telling a positive story is interesting. You just got to find the right game to do that. Um, Avery Alder's uh, A Quiet Year might be the way to go. Uh, I know that that's like a GM-less, uh, diceless game about, you know, queer community in the, in the post-apocalypse. And that might be the way to go to get um, somebody's mowing their lawn outside. It's driving me nuts. That might be the way to go to, to talk about an apocalyptic vision that isn't, isn't Fury Road. So worth checking out. Uh, I don't know. I hope that helps. Uh, thanks for listening.
Right on, man. And thank you for all the call-ins. Dude, that game sounds gnarly. I've, I've never played a diceless RPG or a GMless RPG, man. I, I should check that out for sure. Just because I, I just have no idea how that stuff works. I've heard about them. There's that amber diceless thing. I think that's something that people say. But anyway, dude, uh, thank you for the recommendation. I will look into that for sure. Yeah, that the post-apocalyptic genre. I don't know that I'm going to run it anytime soon, man. Considering, considering that we're living in the pre-apocalypse, <laughs> so I might give that one a, a rest for a minute. But again, dude, um, yeah, thanks for the call-ins, and let me get out of here. All right, everybody, that's it for me and Judd. Uh, I hope this was entertaining. If you're not familiar with Daydreamings and Dragons, I hope this... Sorry, Daydreaming About Dragons. Uh, shit, now I think I might have fucked that up in the beginning. Oh, oh well, I'll go back and listen. Anyway, uh, check it out. It, you know, Judd has a great show. If you think I'm enthusiastic, man, this dude gets pumped about stuff. You can hear it in his voice. He, he loves this game. He loves this... I, the hobby uh really yeah it, it this was great this was super fun so folks until we talk again peace out